what you gotta hear when predators are coming up behind you. Hmm. Not like he's a bald man too, so it's like Ooh. kind of crazy looking. Well, it, I mean, it looks totally normal when you do it with all of your hair. Well, but like, what is that? What is that earmuff holding on to? <laughs> oh Jesus! It's, okay, they're very... Miranda Hart popped it. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Oh, thanks. I'm also a hot stinking mess sometimes. <laughs> she's so great. She's like she, she's like your spiritual. She's your spirit animal. She's my spirit animal. It's Miranda Hart. Hi. Welcome to Categorical Oracle, the podcast where we pit our organizational skills against the disorder of a modern world. I'm Mary Johnston, and with me are fellow oracles. Mm, Andrew Krupp. Kelly Kennedy. What's up, guys? Mm, not much. <laughs> You're very mmm today. Mmm, thanks. <laughs> Ugh. All right. <laughs> 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 Mary is very <laughs> today. This podcast is already over. <laughs> Every episode, we are challenged to organize a themed list of people, places, or things using carefully crafted categories. We've conducted our category prep cloistered away from one another in lockboxes and towers and submarines. One of those diving bells. Oh, a diving bell. At the bottom of the sea, and have come prepared to delight, shock, and dominate our fellow oracles with our organizational prowess. <laughs> Let's begin. So this week we are discussing a topic that I'm always fascinated with, and it is fictional places in TV shows. Specifically, we have narrowed it down because that's a very broad category to uh, a fictional place you could grab a cup of coffee. But I'm always entertained by it. In, in things. I was explaining this concept to Nick, yes, what it was about. And I was like, it's about, it's fictional places to take a cup of coffee. And he was immediately like, oh, Java Joint. And I was like, <laughs> what? What? Is, what is that from? And he's like, oh, just Java Joint. I was just like, no, 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 what? What are you talking about? He was the, like, the book, Java Joint. <laughs> he literally thought we were just making up names. Fictional <laughs> 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 coffee places. I like that he was like, oh, that's, that, that's reasonable. Oh, Java Joint. Java Joint. Seems... immediately too. <laughs> Boom. He had it ready to go. Yeah. He wanted that to be the answer. He was just waiting for you to bring up coffee to be like, Java Joint. Java <laughs> Joint. Well, now we know what he would call a coffee shop if he ever were to own one. Yeah. He was acting like, obviously, it's so reasonable. Like, well, of course that's what <laughs> Java Joint. That's me. The first thing you'd think of. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Um, did you did you clarify for him? I did clarify for him. Have you ever seen um, like a fictional place in a TV show or movie and been like, I want that place to exist in real life? Um, no. Really? I mean, yes. Hogwarts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm a nerd. Sure. I'm like a nerd of a certain age. Sure. There is a place that I definitely want to exist. And it is from, I mean, there's lots. You're going to have such a better answer than me. It's Ugh. fine. And it is from Earth Girls Are Easy, and it's the Curl Up and Die <laughs> Salon. <laughs> See? Yeah. I, every, like, immediately, the tip of her tongue, like, oh, yeah, of course. Well, that's my time. Java joint. Java joint. <laughs> curl up and die. I just think it'd be so fun if it actually existed. Yeah. For me, I think it would be um, the Java joint. The Java joint. <laughs> <laughs> would be my ideal place. Do you actually have one of them? No, I don't. I'm sure I do, but none come to mind. I'm How so on sorry. earth? It's like what it's like half of the joy I get from watching movies or like looking at um places. You know where I want to go? Xanadu. 
Xanadu. Mm. Who doesn't? That'd be amazing. <laughs> do, do, don't you want to roller skate with a bunch of strangers? Yeah. Oh, wait. You actually can do that. Yeah. But yeah. you can't do it to disco music and you can't do it with one of the strangers being Gene Kelly. Nope. What are other things that I want to exist? Um, oh, that park full of people that look like their dogs to a startling degree in uh, 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> yep. That would be entertaining. Um... Sorry, I was thinking of other, like, Disney things that would be great. And I was thinking, oh, Mulan. And I was like, yeah, I could just go to China. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, or, want or, that, or, I want that place to be real. Oh, right. Yeah, just go to China. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. All right. Uh, let's get started. So the first one, fictional place to get a cup of coffee. Because we had quite a tangent. Hmm. First one is Arnold's Diner from Happy Days. Monday, Wednesday, happy days. I skipped over Tuesday because it's lame. Da, 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 happy days. Friday, ba-da-da. Also that Weezer song. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Oh, man. This one, oh, my God. This was a, I think actually most of the entry, most of these entries were like surprisingly fascinating in some way. Oh, thank you, Andrew, because I put the list together. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't find it boring. I said surprising. Lee fascinating. And then I learned Yeah, that's stuff. quite yeah. offensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh uh, most of these items had surprises that were fascinating. Is oh. that better? Oh. Yeah, geez. There should be a surprise as yeah. to what the list will be fascinating for. I get you. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Sorry. Uh, this one was that, okay, uh, so I, I'm not a huge viewer of Happy Days. Never have. Not, nothing that I, I think ha- we have the same fun fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it that uh, the owner of Arnold's is not named Arnold? No, nope. well, uh, the owner, well, the owner of Arnold during the initial run of the show, I guess there never in the show was an owner named Arnold, strictly speaking. Nope. But the uh, the the Arnold, the man who's often referred to as Arnold, is actually named Masuma Takahashi. Yeah, I bet they don't make any racist jokes about that. Nope. Oh, I'm sure not. No, no, but, and there's no way that would be the case. But do you know why he is referred to as Arnold? Arnold. Because the restaurant that he bought was called Arnold's, and he didn't change the name, and he took the name on himself, which feels like the premise of a, a graduate thesis in American identity <laughs> politics. Like, oh my god! Well, I thought it was because there wasn't like there wasn't enough neon to write his name. Right. That was oh, well. That was okay. his quip about okay. it. Yeah. yeah. There weren't enough letters. Yeah. It also has that jolly spinning yellow A on the roof. Yeah. Well, are you also going to say who played? Oh yeah. Um, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Pat Morita. So, if you don't remember what Arnold's Diner looks like, it's actually kind of a little bit, like, dowdier than I remember from yeah. my childhood. Yeah. Um, and the reason why... So, basically, what it looks like is it's sort of like a semicircular brown building that's just, like, covered in pennant flags and has a spinning yellow A on the roof. And the reason I say that it's dowdier is because... Happy Days takes place in Milwaukee, and Eric, every custard shop, every custard and burger shack in this city claims that Arnold's is based on them. But there is, so the place that it was actually based on is gone. Two places that oh, it was actually based on. I thought it and was they're Leon's. both gone. No, it's no, not. No, Leon's, wow. Leon's oh, is what people think it is, and Leon's looks way better they're than yeah. this place. Wrong. Also, Leon's doesn't have dine-in, which always, I always thought that that was a little bit yeah. suspicious. Incongruous. <laughs> So the two places that I read that it's based on were uh, Milwaukee restaurants that served custard and uh, butter burgers, no doubt. And they were called the Milky Way Mm -hmm. and the Pig and Whistle. And the Pig and Whistle is now something completely inconsequential. I don't care what it is because the Milky Way is now the Port Washington Cops. No kidding. Yeah. Which so it's cops. We can all celebrate. I mean, it's not cops, but it could be cops. Go to cops. Go to cops. It's been a minute. 
Why am I not drinking a malt right now? Ugh. We're eating a burger the size of a frisbee. Because you're mm. drinking champagne that I purchased. <laughs> you could have purchased me a malt. <laughs> Did you have some malt powder in that champagne? Oh, For people Malt. who are uh, not fortunate enough to live in the good lands as we do, <laughs> Cops is a wonderful burger. Is my favorite burger and custard shack. Yes. That is easy to get to. There is no sitting. You can sit outside on their concrete patio seating or on a giant ball, giant concrete balls that they have out there. Like uh, the ones in front of Target, except they're except not they're colorful. Not <laughs> they're not colorful. And they serve burgers the size of, like, Frisbee golf Frisbees. Yes. Do you guys know why Arnold's was... Like, do you know why Arnold's is in Happy Days? Apart from the fact that they need some place for, like, the kids to go to hang out. Like, we need... Like, Richie Cunningham needs to get out of his own house. And not just go to the Fonz's apartment, which is behind his house. Which is on top of the garage. <laughs> yeah. His granny flat behind their home. Because it's also in Milwaukee, so it also is a granny flat. Yeah. <laughs> um it's in there because of American Graffiti. And it, if oh. you watch American Graffiti, huh. it looks pretty much exactly like Arnold's. Yeah. It's a little bit flashier because it probably had a bigger budget. Yeah. But that's why. It came out. People loved it. So Happy Days came out in 74. Oh, yeah. I guess I never made that connection. That yeah. He was, yeah. He was in both. Uh, well, that, he uh, was in both. I mean, but that's well, actually. Well, Opie was in both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ron Howard. Yeah. But Ron yeah, Howard, the article I read. <laughs> Wanted to spe- wanted to make it very clear to me that Ron Howard was completely beside the point. The fact that he was in both pure happenstance. <laughs> they were just like, you know what? This guy is good at acting like it's the 50s. He's really got a knack for it. But they said, like, once they saw American Graffiti, they were like, we have to have a place like this in our show. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of cool. And they yeah. also hired a nice ginger kid. Yeah, don't worry yeah. about it. So I could not confirm this because I don't, and I don't really remember. I did remember watching Happy Days on Nick at Night when I was a child. Um, but it used to look different, and then there's a fire at inside of it, and the outside always looks the same, but the inside, inside then changes. suddenly becomes all wood paneling, which I think is very on brand for our city. <laughs> when I look at pictures of the inside of Arnold's, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's funny is, you know, it's, it's you know, it, it is... At its core, a faux 50s diner, because this is a 50s diner from a 70s show. But the wood paneling really updates it for the 70s, despite actually being set in the 50s. But then they had the continuity because it was caught on fire, and then they added this wood panel. They're like, wood panel for the future. Yeah. They were like, this is going to be really important 20 years from now. They were early adopters. Yeah. Yeah. They still had a broken... Uh, jukebox, though. I guess that that was was okay. They salvaged that from the fire. (laughs) Do you guys remember that... The Fonz, the the bathrooms were labeled guys and dolls. I nice. read that today. And the Fonz referred to the guys as his office, <laughs> which actually I think is kind of a cool move. Also, <laughs> I was remembering a really weird fun fact. So from the, the film Rock and Roll High School, which does feature Clint Howard, Rod, Rod, Rob, Ron Howard's Rob. weird looking younger brother. Uh, he, oh, geez. <laughs> Put him not, on it's blast. Not like Put it's, little guys, Clinty on blast. It's not like it's a secret, guys. I'm sorry, Clint. <laughs> Anyway, somewhere Clint is like, it's true. The kid, they had the kid play; he had him play an alien on Star Trek when he was like three years old because he looks so weird. Oh my god! Poor <laughs> Clint. Clint, star of the film Ice Cream Man. No. Yeah, that's Clint <gasps> Howard. Oh, he is weird. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm <laughs> okay, not wrong. No, no, he's like, this is my fortune. Yeah, he, he's weirder. Made, he's, he's made a career out of looking terribly weird. Yeah, anyway, right. in the film Rock and Roll High School, he has an office in the bathroom at the high school, and that's just relevant only because his brother. Was Richie Cunningham in a show with a man who had an office that was a bathroom. Who was often called the Fonzie's office. Yeah. I also like the fact that they were like, well, 
Henry Winkler is very Jewish, so we're just going to make him Italian? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort but of But he a... celebrates Hanukkah. But that's what they did in... Golden Girls, right? That's what they did in Golden Girls, yeah. too. It must have been a thing at, like... Well, Golden Girls is, like, farther But along, still, that's but... actually extra shocking, because then, like, 30 years... Or, I guess, you know, 10 years later... 10 years later, it still couldn't accept still couldn't that Jews be Jewish were... on TV. You're right. Jews you know what? I am, I am shocked to learn that America is full of bigots and is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I am... In the past, Whoa! too. my God. The... <laughs> so, did you know that the Fonz eventually becomes part owner? Of Arnold's? No. I didn't know that. Which is That's actually so something that we see dragged along this whole list, which is also oh, weird. It is weird. <laughs> it's really weird. All right. What do you have category-wise for Arnold's? I called this best seats in the house. Hmm. That they always sit in one particular booth, and it just <laughs> happens to be perfectly framed to the camera. Ding. Ding. <laughs> that's an amazing that's an amazing yeah. category i love that Very and I, nice. it's good that's gonna be a, yeah there's a lot of there's those. a lot of them uh andrew uh i call this <clears throat> where everyone knows my name in reference to arnold because the restaurant itself not just because it's named after him kind of because it is central to his identity as a human being yeah he, he takes on the mantle he becomes Arnold. Arnold. He is it's Arnold. like it's yeah. like in um, Upstairs Downstairs, where if you go to <laughs> Andrew's choking on an olive, do you know Heimlich? And Upstairs Downstairs, when they like travel and then they have to take on the surname, their first name, and then the surname of the person they serve, because that's not complicated at all. This is also the reason my brother still does not really understand what happens in Gosford Park, because everybody has the same name. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is being called, like, Giles. And you're like, well, it's not great. In the heyday of Downton Abbey, uh, whenever you'd see, like, the downstairs staff on red carpets, you'd be like, oh, that's nice. Oh, wow, they look out <laughs> a day off work and borrowed a dress. That's so true. Or you'd be like, oh, they look modern. <laughs> that was, like, my thought always. I was like, oh, she's so pretty. <laughs> I thought that I went with kind of the idea when you watch this, it's like a time period that never was. It's a t- it's supposed to reflect a time period in a time period that it's not actually set in, and it doesn't really look like either of them. And I don't think it's yeah. representative of either mm-hmm. time period. It's it's a it's like a Van ha- Valhalla of hangouts. It's not real. Also, I bet the coffee there is terrible. Yeah. I, we need to touch down on the coffee because <laughs> it's the past, and it was mostly for teenagers. So I bet that was terrible. terrible. I guarantee you, it was instant. Yep, pretty much. Um, so I went with Kodachrome Sweet Home, which is the like the Simon and Garfunkel song, Kodachrome. Mm-hmm. Everything looks bet- worse in black and white. Indeed. I think that Arnold's, <laughs> yeah. Arnold's to the modern eye would not look that way or feel that way. It's something entirely that is like a nostalgia hmm. piece. I like Kelly's, but I think it's going to be better later on. So I'm going to lean towards Mary because mine's okay, but has better use later on. I think. All right. I mean, I like Kodachrome. Yeah. I think that I think that if the category that I'm thinking for Kelly's wins that one, that is the most generous thing we could do for them ever of all time. <laughs> and I think you know what I mean, and you listeners will know what I mean shortly. <laughs> all right. Are we happy with Kodachrome Sweet Home? Yeah. Yes. Kodachrome Sweet Home. Woo! Um, spoiler alert, my brother and I are planning on doing a podcast, and like every time we talk about it, he's like, Are you gonna sing so much? <laughs> <laughs> Is all that singing gonna be in our podcast? <laughs> and I have to simply tell him, probably I don't I don't plan to do it. It's and nor do I think my voice is good. I just I just do it. 
<laughs> Next up, we're going to a different world. Literally. Literally. <laughs> it's a different world, and their place is the pit. For those who don't know, the spinoff show from The Cosby Show initially focused on uh, Lisa Bonet's character, who left after the first season, apparently. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Which we, we know the reason for. Which I'll tell you the reason for. Yeah. But I like that Andrew assumes that most of our listeners are white. They're like, he's like, they're not going to They're know. not going to yeah. I, I didn't know. I had seen it, but I had not seen it recently. I watched, again. Like, I, I knew it was a thing, but I don't know if I've ever seen an episode. Mm. But to be for, fair, it is before... I mean, it was Nick at Night. It was Nick, Nick at, at Night. night I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the episodes, all the episodes I've ever seen were on Nick, on Nick at Night. Um, and I always prefer it to The Cosby Show, which is just me like doing a little bit of like, I always knew, but I didn't know <laughs> at all. <laughs> I was I was very shocking and terrible. Yeah. Um, so, right. So this place is, so Different World, if you don't know, it's about Lisa Bonet going off to college and then later on other characters being at college, kind of assembly cast. Um, at a historically black university, and this is their hangout. I don't think it's like a dining hall. You know, I think it's a restaurant. This is this is where this is my biggest source of uh, confusion with this because I think and so for for our listeners to uh, to be clear, so what we did for this show uh, was not watch every episode of these shows because some of them uh, we crazy. had seen many. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we uh, Mary very kindly found ideal episodes that focused on the actual location, at, at least hand. ones that would show you lots of lots interior of- shots and kind of give you a sense of the place. Yeah, and this is I, this is me being way too nitpicky. And I apologize for that. But basically, during one scene, we're in the pit, and then we take an exterior shot of the pit, and it looks like one of these sort of big, becolumned buildings on this Virginia campus. Definitely not. But here's the thing. Maybe it is. It might be, though. Okay, so the pit is aptly named. The pit is aptly... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, interesting you say that. So, in the first season featured Lisa Bonet. Going off to college, and then she became pregnant with her partner at the time, Lenny Kravitz, child. Like after the first season. Hence Zoe Kravitz. Hence Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> and she was like, "Well, it's I'm so fast." And she was like, "I'm still down to be on this show, pregnant. Like we can make this part of my character's plot line." And the showrunner who was brought in. So after the first season, there was quite a bit of criticism from people who have gone to historically black colleges, and they were like, "This is not what it's like at all." And they brought in a woman named Debbie Allen to punch it up. And she basically, and she like was like, Lisa Bonet, yeah, you're being pregnant. Like that is real. Like I remember girls being yep. pregnant in college. So let's run with it. And Bill Cosby, monster that he is, was like, no. She, uh, Lisa Bonet may be pregnant, but Denise Huxtable is not. And basically put the kibosh on it. And he had some connections. I think he was an executive producer. He, uh, yeah, didn't, I think he didn't his, write for the oh, show. No, was, oh, no. I full on, like, one of his, his name is, like, first thing that comes up after the credits. Including William his Cosby, title. E-D-D. Yeah. He definitely, yeah. He's definitely on the, the dole, but he is yeah. not a creative partner. So it put the kibosh, and she, and she disappeared. And uh, Debbie Allen made the best of a bad situation and was like, fine. You can win this, but then we are fixing a lot of other things. And it went on to be a show that discussed the AIDS crisis, Mm -hmm. discussed being an immigrant in America, all kinds of amazingly woke, awesome topics, and did it with dignity. Also, has one of the best introductions to any TV show I've ever seen. It was so so good. good. So good. At least the, what did we watch? Something from the fourth season? Second, I think. Second. Okay, the second. Yeah, it has a beautiful intro. Oh my God. Like, I literally, we had to pause it. We were taken aback by how beautiful and well executed this was. It was phenomenal. Yeah. 
So what I mean, it's uh, it's the cast kind of introduced as sort of like as they're like fun person, study person. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And yeah, the colors so and the so then it's a kind of a panning shot, and yeah. they sort of walk between set pieces, and their clothing matches the color of their background. So yeah. as they switch, so like you start in like a blue dress, and then a woman walks, and then she's suddenly in a red dress in a background. It's really cool. What's it's, funny though, it's is, interesting camera work. Yeah, what's funny is because of course a sitcom from the early '90s, the actual camera work for the show itself was terrible. Yeah. So yeah. the transition from being this beautiful well shot fantastic cinematic thing to like grainy lo-fi VHS level and the other thing that I will say about this and then we can stop talking about the show itself is that this is one of the very few shows that makes me nostalgic for college Mm. oh I agree I felt extremely nostalgic watching this I was watching it and I was like oh god I like Oh, I miss that. That was so much fun where you, like, you didn't have anything else to do but sit in the common room and talk with your friends. Oh. Yeah. Just the best. And you had, like, a crummy job. Yeah, you had a crummy job. And but it was important because it was the way you made money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was it. So one of the things that uh, Debbie did when she came in was she redesigned the pit. So it didn't used to look like that in the oh. first season. She was like, we need to see the people working in the back. We're going to open up the kitchen. So the pit now is sort of, there's like a main dining room, Mm -hmm. which is sort of in shades of cream, salmon, and uh, kind of a sea foam, I guess. (laughs) It's not a great, it's not great, but I'm sure it's pretty accurate. It was off the time. And then there's a a counter that people order from. Yeah, and there's a window. And there's a huge window. Like you can see absolutely into the kitchen, which was, which is cool. And that was her thing. She was like, we want to see the people who are working there. Yep. Um, she made sure that grits were prominently on the uh, menu because it's, for, this, it's yeah, it's Virginia yeah. for the cut's sake. Well, so. yeah, they were in Virginia at Hillman at the fictional Hillman yeah. College, so she was like, they would have grits. This is something that would be a thing, and it is specifically based on the a restaurant called the Punch Out at Howard University. The reason it's called Pit is it's kind of like in a depression, like there's like a hill and then there's yeah. a courtyard with like kind of stonework and ivy and stuff coming down, and that's what the Punch Out looks like too. So, what are other things we want to talk about it? Uh, the, the owner and manager of The Pit, Vernon Gaines, is referred to as Mr. Gaines by all of his staff, is kind of this like grumpy, codgerly man. He introduces himself in the episode that we watched by insist- and <laughs> insinuating that women can't drive, especially yep. young women. So he came in with some pretty hot takes. Yep. <laughs> but if you read about him, he is a veteran. They say that he's been working at the pit. He like started from the bottom and now he is the owner when he was at, went to college at Hillman and that he remembers Claire and Claire Huxtable attending Hillman. So yeah. he's like a deep character yep. for this entire show. So what are our thoughts? I appreciate the reality of it. Like realistic nature of it does feel like a very college place and is, yeah, I mean, it's nice. I don't have much commentary beyond that I yeah suppose. it reminded me of places i went in college yeah Which other can... than now we all want to start watching a different world yeah it's yes a fancy and i would era. recommend it yeah so i thought that it was um very relatable and i would suspect it, it i mean like it was all relatable to us for us and i suspect that it, i mean by design that's yeah. what's supposed to be like so um i called it public domain deja vu <laughs> nice nice i uh i actually again fixated on the sort of exterior shot and called it don't judge a menu by its cover because it looks like it's going to be way nicer than it is oh, on yeah, the yeah, inside. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. you have something i can go the other way up in this list too um i called it just peachy 
couldn't pass up. There are two peach jokes coming up. That's true. It's <laughs> the just peachy. Pit. <laughs> the pit. The Kelly, pit. I think you win. Well, uh, or do we? Mm, oh, it was your no. Sorry, sorry. It was. No, we can make it. We can make it. I, I, I don't know if it's specifically. I think it's a pit like a depression in the earth. Doesn't mm. matter. It is quite peachy on the other side. I think it's pit like it is gross, but full of tasty food. I think it's just peachy. I just keep <laughs> lifting my arm. It is kind of peachy on the inside. I. If you, but what's the first thing you think of when somebody says pit to you? My arm. Mm. Or That's, the pit. Well. Hell. <laughs> the pits. Hell! Whoa! Oh, shit. You know what I just realized? The, like, the place where we all used to hang out before we, like, would go down to, our, like, our dining hall was downstairs. So we'd all hang out in a space called the pit. So, just, oh, like a conversation pit. Yeah, I just remembered it. They're also like just sort of like there's like a list of sort of boilerplate names for like young hangouts, like the hub, yeah. the pit, and they're all supposed to sound a little bit gnarly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like what we just demonstrated is that public deja vu. Is I, what it is. Okay, public yeah, deja vu. Public deja vu. Right. Yeah, yeah, I feel that's, like that's what we just described. That's fair, that's You're fair. right. It's fine. Yeah, take it. All right. Next up, we've got a distinctly, so as real as A Different World's The Pit is, we have something that never existed, sure is did. about as real as Cheese Whiz. We have Saved by the Bells of The Max, where you can get a big old glass of milk if you want to. <laughs> Not Yeah, you know what? You can get all kinds of drinks. You know what that those drinks will never have in them? Ice. Because of continuity. <laughs> if you watch that, like someone pointed that out to me, none of their drinks ever have ice in them and it's because they didn't want continuity errors between <laughs> between takes you'll notice that when you see like a table full of people they have all different color drinks i think to add just a bit of fun, just some fun. so there's always like there needs to be more colors in the max so so uh so zach is just kicking back having a nice lukewarm crush soda <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing uh, a shasta please come on <laughs> Yeah, they're in California. A yeah. Shasta. Um, yeah, also, do you guys remember that the, the Max was owned by a guy who did magic tricks for Zach and his friends? I yes. do remember that. Which raises a question. Did he do it for everybody or just to Zach because Zach was the most important boy in the world? <laughs> I feel like that is sort of a weird aspect and I think really gets at the heart of what the Max is like because it's wholesome enough to have an owner who's going to come over and pretend to pull like a little rabbit that's made out of a sponge uh, out of your ear. But it's also enticing and free enough to give Kelly Kapowski a crop top for, as her official uniform. <laughs> she made $25 in tips. Oh, she man. also, like, basically hooked up with the assistant manager who was in college. Who was in college. Matt, do you guys, so this is the thing I learned about shows from the past. Apparently in the past, people were just super cool with, like, high school kids just banging college Well, but bands. you know why? Because it's, yeah. it's written, well, first of all, it's written by a bunch of 40-year-old Coke monsters. And <laughs> they're male just Coke monsters. Male Coke monsters who are, like, wanting very desperately to go to lunch. So like it's it's pretty loose. And second of all, it's written for kids. Like if you yeah. if you were a kid, you'd be like, he's from God, he's in college. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Kelly Kapowski is so pretty, which is still <laughs> true. She is. I when I was watching this episode, I was like, you know, all the the boys look like they are actual children. Yeah. All of the girls look like they are uh, forty year old women. <laughs> that's definitely true. I would say that Lisa Turtle. Lisa I mean, Turtle is the one. But who then looks Lisa the Turtle totally messed up her face. Yep. Mm. But she was my favorite. I always love Lisa. Oh, LT. <laughs> LT. Lisa Turtle's the best. She's the one who looks the most Lisa like a Tur child. Of course, Dustin Diamond looks like a kid. Yes. You know who doesn't look like a kid? AC Slater. AC Slater. AC Slater looks older than I do. <laughs> like anytime I see AC Slater, I'm like, is he like supposed to be like a substitute teacher? 
why is he he's assistant principal for Mr. Belvin? He does more work for principaling than Mr. Belvin does. That's probably true. Maybe it's just because his belt is always like right up under his nips, so I'm like, that's a man with authority. (laughs) A high pant. Um I also, when I look at the Max, is sort of like the most extreme 80s version of the 50s. Yep. It's like yeah. neon, and there are shapes on the floor, and there are shapes on the wall, and there's like, there's actual neon lights, and then there are like flashing lights, and then everything's like, everything's red, but also everything's blue. It's crazy. Also, there's a jukebox, right? There's like a yes. full and happy day style jukebox. Yes, but Probably I think it has CD jukebox. But I think it has though. CDs. Yeah, yeah course, I think course. so, because it has to be Oh cooler. man, remember those great like Pizza Not Hut cool. CD jukeboxes that like the holographic lasers on the top? Oof. Yep. Classic. I do remember those. So I'm going to make a callback to an earlier episode, guys. Fan theories. Recall the fan theory where Zach Morris, where in all of the narrative of the show is happening Zach Morris's tortured brain in the middle of uh, Indiana, I believe. And this is all in uh, sort of a uh, fantasy of his. I thought that that was the same thing as, I thought that it was all in Dustin Diamond's head. No, no, no. Because uh, I don't know why I'm referring to him by his actor name, whereas everybody else gets to stay Kelly Kapowski, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. No, we don't want to. <laughs> he stabbed a man 20, like 20 minutes from my house on Christmas Day. So I, I think to, I can I use. I call him whatever I want. <laughs> Yes. He was in, I paid for him to eat in the, like, week he was in jail. That's true. <laughs> my tax dollars. For stabbing. He stabbed a guy. And yeah. it spent a week in jail. I know, isn't that crazy? Ugh. By cops, weirdly enough, <laughs> on Port Washington Road. Uh, no, no, in, 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 Port, in Port Washington. Port Washington. Oh, anyway, so, you know, I think that builds this fascinating idea of, like, you know, everything is in the imagination of a teenage boy. And this is what he imagines a cool hangout is. And you can kind of tell yeah. that's the case. I think if only this Nails only, like, le- yeah, this le- yeah. lends to that fan Oh, man, what's that, po- what's that great poster that's in Zach Morris's bedroom? Oh, God. It's uh, the people who did the was man oh you, UB 40 there's a UB at least at least poster. early on not not miss bliss era, era but early on yeah. in the show oh, zach morris man. has a UB 40 poster in is, his room is there anything sadder than a teenage woman like yeah UB 40 yeah that must have been in there for the moms yeah also for slater who was 40 UB 40 UB 40 UB 40 also wasn't kelly kapowski older yes no. yeah Yes. No, they are. They're but, not. But, but only for legal reasons because they couldn't show the teenager. They were like, we can't actually, we can't actually put a, a child in a thon leotard on television. But we can put Kelly Kapowski in it. <laughs> She's eighteen. We can do it. Woo! Yeah. Oh my god. Let's do some more coke. Uh, I when I look at the Max, it reminds me of a Polly Pocket. It's very <laughs> vibrant and it's beautiful and fantastical. But I somehow can't believe that not everything is bolted and glued down. <laughs> like nothing in the max is mobile. nothing moves there yeah. yeah everything is like firmly in place and it's not going anywhere Mm-mm. so you can take it on a car trip and play with it in the back seat but then you drop the little dog down in the oh. hole in the seat. but seat belt oh do you know those are worth a ton of money now i know i do know because i wanted to i had this brilliant idea to make a poly pocket purse and it is too small to hold a credit card like by like millimeters too small hmm. i might be able to help you out there mm. there are longer ones there are long ones you're right i could probably do an oblong but i wanted to do there were two that were really like important to me as a child my first poly pocket aka the one where i dropped the dog down the seatbelt, and it was very tragic very tragic we never found it where did it go <laughs> <laughs> we like my mom like pulled up the seats she had a volvo my mom like pulled up the seats and we like searched like it must have gone into the car <laughs> the 
car. The Volvo. My mom's gray Volvo ate that little white dog. <laughs> Um, but it was light pink and heart shaped, and it was just kind of like a cottage, but it had yeah. a koi pond. And little, I remember that one. Yeah. And little like I plastic had Mario trees. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was a great set. And then like the gate swung open in the front. It was fun. And then I liked the diner one that had the apartment above it. That's like a it's like a magenta clamshell. I had I I loved Polly Pockets, and I, this one I'm going to be real. Extra. Why haven't we thrown down about Polly Pocket? Oh, we should. We are oh, right now. I loved Polly. I we should be doing loved Polly Pocket. Polly Pocket Pocket. We should definitely uh, do one of my vintage toys. Polly podcast. Uh, my favorites were the beach house. Oh, I loved that one too. Where, the, then, where the where the lower base was a beach. Yeah, cool. And then I had a full on castle. I never had the castle one. Didn't the castle one light up? Yeah. Oh. This is not a Polly Pocket podcast. <laughs> if, it was, if it was a Polly Pocket podcast, po- if there was, let us know. If there was, I think that I think that we're let us know if there's interest. I think that what we're doing here is we're proving that a Polly Polly. Polly Pocket Podcast is something that we would very much like to do. A, a Polly Podcast. A Polly Podcast. Anyway. <laughs> what were we talking about? We were the talking pit. about the, the Max. Max. But not the, Max. the Mighty Max, just the Max. <laughs> um, I think it's hilarious. This is so clearly like a child's dream. Yep. Um, fever dream. Fever dream, for sure. Uh, because it feels to me like this is like a basement of a house of your friend's parents' house who are never home. And so you go down in the basement and it's just full of like Christmas decorations and dry humping. (laughs) It's like what that basement is for. Um, And that's what the max is for. Yep. Two. Um, So I called it a second living room. You never see those people pay. You, they just really great category. Come and go as they wish. Like I have never, maybe not in my own personal home felt so comfortable in a space as they feel the max. <laughs> they are, they just run the place. Yeah. Sometimes literally. Anything goes, I'm, there are many plot lines At a like certain that. point, like the owner just vanishes, if I recall. He, he never should, well, he is a magician. I think, so, I think that know, they realized, away. I think that they realized that like the crop tops, weird. thumbs up, magic tricks. Mm. Uh, teens love magic. Magic crop tops. Um, so there's a concept uh, called hyper reality. Which is basically, you know, the idea that um, approximations of things that are sort of meant to mock or not to sort of represent them ape. can sometimes ape them can sometimes feel more real than the actual thing. Mm-hmm. That's a very simple explanation of this concept. But basically, I think in this but, case, but like pretty much nails it. Thank you, thank you. But um, this is a this is like a bunch of sort of things put together to represent a fifties diner in the eighties. But like they're just. The things that represent a diner, and it is not actually, it feels more real as a 50s diner than it is. So I call this a cup of hyper reality. Oh, Ooh. you went with the hot drinks I angle. Did. I, I did. like that. I Thank like you. That. That's Thank good. you. I like both of yours way more than mine, which was just, again, best seats in the house. Oh, oh, yeah. They have their table. They it do. has perfect they lighting. Kinda, they <laughs> they kind of mix it up because sometimes they're at a two top, depending they, yeah. on how yeah. many. Because it'd be so sad to watch just like two of them sitting in that giant Gi- booth. <laughs> I like your category, Andrew. Well, thank you. I also got an idea for a category for a future episode if I want to write it down really fast. Do it. That is a weird aspect of my life now that I periodically I'm like, oh, this is a fun pun that seems like it might be yeah. useful in a few weeks. Yep. Done. Okay. Uh. Um, Job I like, I like yours. So let's do, th- I, uh, that's my vote. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Done. Done. 
Do you know I'm singing Tom's Diner? And I'm not singing Tom's Diner. I am singing Tom's Restaurant, Susan Vega, 1987. Because we're coming up on Monk's Cafe from Seinfeld. What is happening? I feel like there's a connection. There's a story happening around me. It hit my head. So the outside of Monk's when they look at it it's a place called tom's Tom's restaurant which is a real place and that is the basis of the suzanne the suzanne vega song oh which is much cooler than which is so cool i love that song yeah it's a classic Mm -hmm. you can do a lot of singing on this podcast (laughs) sorry i am didn't plan on it just happened it just, uh, it just pops right out of my mouth. I texted Mary while I was watching this episode of Stein, Seinfeld. Of Seinfeld. 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 And Seinfeld. I basically <laughs> felt personally victimized that she made me watch it. <laughs> Truly no one has ever suffered as much as you have, Kelly. I mean, to I, be fair, she's not wrong in this situation. I, I'm not sure I've ever seen an episode of Seinfeld before. You this. can't say the, the I can't name. Say it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're traumatized. Traumatized by it. Um, I, I like knew the jokes, like it was no part of the you. zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh, but I, this is the first time I watched a full episode and it's just like, Phew. yeah, it's, I can only, I never watched it and never, and when I was aware of it, it had, I assume, I can only assume because everyone agreed it was great. I can only assume it aged very poorly because I've never really gotten it. I don't yeah. understand how many people, so many, how can so many people be so wrong it's not good. I know we're taking a hard stance for a comedy podcast here, or a dangerous stance for a comedy podcast, but I agree with both of you guys. I also didn't watch Seinfeld regularly, and this, it wasn't funny. It was impossible. It wasn't to... funny. It wasn't funny. funny. What's, oh. the de- what's the deal with the Seinfeld show? My minor neuroses are something that I'm going to belove into a thing that should be universal, but it is not. I, I did I'm like Woody Allen Light. I did enjoy the... Uh, I'm going to call it the O.J. Simpson plot. So <laughs> like we watched, secondary plot. So we watched the one. Came out of nowhere. That though. was wild. Yeah. Uh, we watched the episode Maybe where the Elaine plot. has the audacity of hope to order <laughs> a big salad. A big salad. To ask George to order her a big and salad. And George makes a giant deal out of it. And I feel like this this is archetypal of every episode of Seinfeld I've seen where like something benign happens. It becomes a big deal for no reason. And we're supposed to laugh about it. I know. Yeah. The worst part is when she's like, maybe I could just have a big salad. And they pretend, the two men pretend to not know what that means. What that means is salads usually come in two sizes. She wants the biggest one. Yeah. <laughs> or if the salad comes in multiple sizes, she wants, she wants the, the largest one. one that they have. Or if there is a dinner salad and a side salad, she wants the dinner salad. <laughs> I would you call un- that the big salad? It is indeed what I would call it. It's going to cost you... Twice as much, which tops out also, six dollars. Also, it's in New York, so it's probably actually quite expensive. But he's the one who offered to buy her lunch. Yeah, yeah. So he has to deal with that. So I really had to like scrape the internet for information about the pit for a show. That By which is you a- mean monks? Monks? No, no, no. Oh, really? The pit from oh, a different pit. world. Oh. There's precious. It's like little kernels of information oh, yeah. here and there. It's not, but like. You type in Monk's Cafe and it's like, you want to go to Monk's Cafe? Monk's Cafe is a real thing. New York City. I will drive you to Monk's Cafe for $50. Boo, what's the deal with Monk's Cafe? It is all over the place. And the information was like a tidal wave just overtaking me. So my notes look insane <laughs> for this one. So obviously it's a Susan Vega song. Um, and when they first 
when they first shot the exterior for Tom's Diner, they tried to cut out the T and the O so you'd see the M and then restaurant. So it could be Monk's restaurant. M's restaurant. But there's like a pole. It's just really weird. I don't know. Eventually they just embraced it and you can see that it's Tom's restaurant and they were just like, we're fancy enough so it doesn't matter. Um, This is located. Maybe Tom's last name is Monk. This is located on the corner of Broadway and West 112th Street, which is like Columbia University. The cast normally sits in the first or second booth from the entrance. And just as with the Max, if there's only two of them, they sit at a two top table. They're Um, not crazy people. They're not. But they sat at two top. They're not. They sat at a four top from two people this episode. They did. I did notice that. Well, they sat in their customary booth. Um, The... This is another thing that kind of reappears in this. The only character who appear, who like the, I don't know how many of them there are. There are four of them, right? Main the characters. main characters, yeah. Yeah. The person who appears the fifth most in Seinfeld is Ruthie the cashier. She is in 101 of the show's 180 episodes, and she basically doesn't get to talk till season eight. Huh. So they sit in this booth, and it's like a, like a pin-tucked vinyl backing and then there's just this wrinkly nasty stuff on the top of it that's my 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 main note the wrinkled tops of the booth at monks are disgusting because you know that they're like full of like grease and grit and probably gum and gross professional opinion it's not supposed to happen like that it's not supposed to look like that well but it looks like it's intentionally wrinkly yeah or do you think it's just messed up i think it's just messed up Ugh. It's gross looking, which is crazy because that is a soundstage. I mean, that's not the inside of Tom's uh, restaurant, which Tom's restaurant would like to make very clear to you, <laughs> probably because they're tired of fielding like questions about it. And also because they're like, oh, God, we can't serve food in a place that looks like that's a dump. What do you guys think about monks? Well, I think honestly, so it's such an iconic thing, but it doesn't really in and of itself bring much to the situation is where I, I I think this is a a blank canvas though for uh, topical reasons I came, came with the category blank napkin because it's just something that, that the characters sort of paint their personalities on top of oh like like you would paint with the the wipings of your mouth yeah exactly like you'd that. paint with your uh, Miami blush lipstick or you could just draw on it you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Ah! yeah like a blank napkin I was assuming that everyone has a gross mouth. <laughs> with I mean, dated fair, lipstick fair assumption i think i agree that this left almost no impression on me other and so like it, it just gets swallowed up in the terrible personalities <laughs> yeah of the main characters so like i could not divorce it from that so i called this a sex in the city to colon horrible white people <laughs> yeah. uh, so they referred to monks several times exclusively as a coffee shop Mm. Even though it is obviously a restaurant, yeah, it's like you, a, it's you, like a, a, a prototypical Greek diner yes. in New York. Um, so because of that, I decided to call it the Ponderosa Steakhouse. You could get a little bit of everything there. You could get a steak. <laughs> you could get the full buffet, where you can get some, you know, a salad and then some chicken wings and then some mac and cheese down at the bottom, and then ended up with bread pudding. 
I love that. That's fantastic. That is what it is. Also, if you've ever been to like a prototypical Greek diner in New York, that's exactly what they're like. (laughs) They're like, they're like, you want a Philly cheesesteak? We got it. You want Mongolian barbecue? We got it. Whatever you want. Here's, here's literally something the size of the Gideon Bible. It's our menu. (laughs) You're like, and it's all, you just like flip through it endlessly. You can get whatever you want, which is crazy because like nobody's ordering anything like that. Like there must be things on the menu that they just, like, if you order it, they'd be like, oh, we don't have that. No, no, no. Yeah, there are things that have never actually been prepared in that restaurant, in any given Greek diner in New York, but, you know, they're yeah. there. Mushu pork! Or, or sure, sure. They just take the same uh, meat from the hamburger and use it for other things. Yeah. Because the hamburger is <laughs> the thing that sells the most. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, sorry, what was yours going to count? Ponderosa, Ponderosa steak steak I, think that's, I think that's it. I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to a Ponderosa steak I, I've been I, to uh, many similar things, but not a Ponderosa. I 100% have. Yeah. And actually, this is this is actually, I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> I went to, so I was on a road trip with my family once, and we stopped at Ponderosa Steakhouse. And I remember it distinctly because we were listening to, my mom would get those like tapes, like audio, t- bo- like books on tape kind of things, but would get them from like cheaply, you know, they weren't half price books then, but that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, like resale bookstores. And she would just kind of like grab whatever, like, you know, getting kind of a mix because they were like a dollar and whatever. And we were listening to a one that was Ray Bradbury on one side, and then they flipped it. We flipped it over, and it was this story that was, and it is not um, the time traveler's wife, but it was like that. But it was like about a little girl who her husband comes to her as a voice, and he's like, "I'm going to be your husband in the future, and I'm going to watch everything you do because Ooh. now I have that technology." And he tortures her, and she's Jewish, and she like goes. So she talks about like going over to her friend's house and like wanting to eat lobster and then him talking to her and we just got to the part where she's about to masturbate and my mom was like yeah 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 <laughs> and then we like pulled over into a pond i'm pretty sure my mom like panic pulled over into a ponderosa steakhouse she's like yeah you're hungry right like, and when we got in the car the tape was gone and i spent the following week and a half like scrounging my whole house my mom's whole car for that tape and I couldn't find it. And I have looked for it on the internet. Like, I have very detailed memories of all of this stuff. And it is gone. I'm pretty sure my mother, like, paid for it to be, like, expunged. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my best memory of Ponderosa Seacast. <laughs> oh <laughs> that's amazing. <sighs> I distinctly remember. Yeah, it's the, in the, ba- the, it was the narrator the was like, the-, the narrator was like, when I was 14 and I... Uh, and my mom was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You guys want a buffet? <laughs> you don't like Froyo, right? <laughs> you want Froyo on a steak? <laughs> From a buffet? Please, soft serve. True. It was soft serve. You could, put, it was, you could put right onto your bread pudding. It was twisty soft serve, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Pretty sure I had fried chicken and a steak. Anyway, because <laughs> I deserved it, because I never got to hear the end of that story. I even remember what the cover looks like to this day. I cannot find it. So, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, if anyone else had a similar experience, <laughs> tweet at me. If, if there are ever any emergency Ponderosa Steakhouse runs to avoid talking about masturbation. Yeah. I'd, uh, uh, and I would just like to be clear that my mother is a woke bay. My mother would freely discuss masturbation with us any time. I think it was just like, she's like, I am driving from D.C. with two children. I'm tired. I do not want to deal with this right now. I do not have to deal with this. Maybe she just really wanted a steak. I was eight or nine at the time, too, which I understand. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, and your brother was definitely old enough to know it was. Yeah. Well, no, I knew what that was going on, too. But, like, I think my mom was just like, you know what? I just don't want to. I don't want to deal. 
And then we went to a Target that was nearby the uh, Ponderosa Steakhouse. And I was like, can I get this plastic dog toy? And my mom was like, yes. Child forever. <laughs> yes, you may. Oh, my God. Yeah. I got a... I got a plastic dog toy that was like a docile looking golden retriever just sitting. <laughs> and it's oh, I accessory. Think like a like a like a toy for a dog. No, no, a no, toy no, 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 no. A plastic a plastic dog. And then and its accessory that came with it was a comb, which did not work because it was plastic. <laughs> the dog, not the comb, but the comb was also plastic. And a water bowl. Is there any worse accessory in the entire world than a water bowl <laughs> for a dog? <laughs> it's important. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Rachel's Place from Family Matters. Everywhere you go. Nope. That's Full House. Shit. How I am the worst biracial person. Do you like how I was like, mm-mm. What's the Family Matters theme? Of course you do. No. Oh, my God. It's a cute song about loving your family and being with people, even though you don't like them. I want to say it's like, I don't even know who I am anymore. It just has beautiful shots of families enjoying themselves in Chicago. And they matter. Did I do that? Oh! Hey, I did. Sorry. It was a setup this entire time. It wasn't. We rehearsed for hours. It was a brilliant riff. So Rachel's place is... A was formerly known as Leroy's. Not his place, just Leroy's, like his house. <laughs> where Laura and Urkel work. Please, Stephen. Stephen. You know what I will call him by his I'll be I'll be like his grandma. And in season two, this is the this is the uh, first episode. This is the first episode where Stephen Urkel becomes a series regular. Really? Oh he came oh, in with that. he came in with a bang or a boom or a blaze. <laughs> Because what happens is, it's after hours, and apparently this guy, Leroy, has left two, like, 12-year-olds to close up. They are, okay, here's the thing. They make a special point of saying they are 14 years old and thus have to get special work permits to have this job. Whereas Rachel, the aunt, can't find a job. What? Yeah, that's pretty Sorry. weird. I do like that they that's make a it clear. Republican thing that you got going yeah. on there. That is, I do like... <laughs> I do like, however, that they were like, they're 14 year olds. I know what you're thinking they shouldn't have a job, but they got special work permits. Yeah. It's allowed. I kind of appreciate that follow through. <laughs> like, did you guys not have to get work permits? We didn't, I didn't have a job until I was 17 I mean, years old. I had a job when I was 16. I have no idea what a work permit even is. I had to, I, I think my first job was at 16. I had to get a work permit. Really? Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Rachel's Place. So this episode opens with Urkel setting a grease fire after hours attempting to put it out with water mm. which actually was a, a wise choice because then it taught all kids that you're not supposed to do that true uh burning leroy's to the ground basically and um then leroy being like i can't do this again i've poured myself into this restaurant and i can't i can't build it back up it's broken me as a man and i need to go to a beach yeah and rachel harriet's little sister is like i'll take it more importantly, more Harriet's uh, widowed sister with a young son whose last name is Crawford, just like me. Aww. Aww. Last okay. name or first name? Last name. First name Crawford. Crawford Crawford. <laughs> Middle name Crawford. I think you guys just figured out your kid's first name. Crawford Johnston, Johnston Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you could take your name, but whatever. Crawford Johnston. <laughs> yeah. One can be one and the other one can be the yeah. other. Yeah. And, let's make just, life really difficult for both. Palindromes. 
<laughs> Palindrome pals. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. So, I, okay, first off, I think it's impressive. It, it is impressive to see that you know Rachel, who has like come on rough times, like really pulls it together and like has a business. Like this is really impressive and like makes you know a, a career and an identity for herself out of the ashes of you know, tragedy with the help of her family. And it's a very sweet message. Also, her also her sweet family who. React them reacting to her wanting a job ge- elicited genuine laughs from me. Yeah, like I like slapped my knee while watching well, this episode. It, 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 was, it was a bit confusing because Harriet's like, "You don't need a job," and Carl's like, "I mean, like maybe she." Needs Carl's a job. like, "Let's hear her out," yeah. and I laughed. It's it was great. actually funny. All of that's great though, but I don't want to talk about that. Okay. What I want to talk about is my main beef with this whole scenario. Stephen Urkel. Stephen. Stephen. Urkel has the ability, admittedly in later seasons, so we've had some years to gain the knowledge, to make a machine that allows him to turn into Elvis, to Einstein, to Stefan Stefan Urkel. He's a genius. He can also play the accordion, which is pretty hard. I've tried. It's not easy. But yet he doesn't have the goddamn common sense or basic scientific knowledge to realize that putting out a grease fire with water is a bad idea. He wasn't a series regular yet. We didn't know these things about yeah. him. So, and somehow that... He's a convenient narrative. I don't know what you want me to true, tell you. True, true, true. You know what? He is a stepping stone for Rachel to realize her dreams. Yeah. So. And what is Rachel's dream? Opening a restaurant called Rachel's Place, which looks like a mix between a 90s Pizza Hut, a Dave and Buster's, and a Dave and Buster's. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, I, I think... And I, I have to give credit to you for this, Mary. You pointed out that um, not only is it a 90s Pizza Hut, a Dave and Buster's, and a Dave and Buster's, <laughs> but it's also uh, an Arnold's. An Arnold's. That's actually what was my other thing. Yeah, because as you pointed out to me, the bathroom sides are guys and dolls, which I think we assume is a callback to. Uh, I can only assume. Happiness. What do you think the callback is for their carpeted stairs? That wasn't a callback. That was the 90s. Yeah. Also, no ice in here when they cheers. Those are those are lukewarm <laughs> Dr. Peppers that they're drinking. Pepsis, I like to think. Oh, I bet they were Pepsis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we have for Rich's Place? What do you guys think? Well, I, because the place is core to her identity as a person who's rebuilt her life with the help of her family, where, where everybody knows my name. Hmm. Yeah, they better. Yeah. It's on the front. In the motion graphics sign that's rotating in front of the building, which was one of the funniest aspects of this. <laughs> they took an actual exterior shot restaurant because it wasn't called Rachel's Place. And on the front of it had a sign that was clearly like a, not quite CGI, but early Something, 90s motion yeah. graphic rotating Rachel's Place. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I called it a parental cock block. Mm. Because why do you want your aunt to hang out at your teenage hangout? Oh. To own your teenage hangout. That's a good point. That's a great category. Like, why? why, why Yeah, they all hang out there. No, they all seem really happy. Sure wouldn't. Unless they never get a bill. Then it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly's like, and that my practical side, my penny-pinching self, even as a child, would know that (laughs) that's worth it. But based on the math that Stephen Urkel's uncle did, the CPA... They're going to make a profit, so I'm imagining she's starting. like, I have to unroll the waistband of my skirt so that it is fully down to my knees when I go in, because my aunt will tattle on me <laughs> for rolling it up the minute I'm around the corner of my house. But it's worth it because she doesn't charge me a dime. Rachel seemed pretty cool. Rachel did seem pretty cool. And her little baby son had the cutest little mullet. <laughs> he did have a tiny mullet. <laughs> Jerry curl mullet, too, so extra cool. I love that category, though. Yeah. yeah. I think this is one for Kelly. 
That's one for Kelly. Take I had a, I was a, Mary didn't even share her category. I know. Yet. I know. Mine's a good category, but oh my gosh, it, what, just, yeah. it just reminds me of every place, sort of. It reminds me of like a Fuddruckers mixed with a, a, a Pizza Hut. So I called it a public deja vu. Mm. Like it's just like, it's yeah. like all those restaurants kind of like mixed together. Not a Pizza Fuds? A p- <laughs> pizza Fuds. <laughs> Ugh. Sigh. Mm. All right. Get excited, because next, because uh, we are cruising down to Beverly Hills, 90210, to the Peach Pit. Ooh. This is another thing that has a million facts about it. My bad. I, I did enjoy that the wiki for this for this was like written in first person, basically, whereas like. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's I weird. It is yeah. really close to first person. Oh, that's creepy. Weird. So they they talked about these people like they are active people. Yeah, well. like they're, they're like they're historical figures. Yeah, Brandon and Brenda are so nice when you meet them in person. <laughs> Brandon and Brenda, oh what the hell? Um, so the Peach Pit is based on an actual Beverly Hills restaurant called the Apple Pan, which has been in operation since Excuse the forties. What the, the Apple, Apple Pan? Pan? The Apple Pan? Apple Apple, Apple Pan? Pan. Pan? Okay. Um. And in this series, it is has been a mainstay since the fifties. I don't know why they decided to shave those four those ten years off, but they were like, "We're gonna youth it up." Fifties. <laughs> um, uh. Dylan McKay, portrayed by Luke Perry, has been coming there for most of his life, mm. and actually is the reason that Brandon Jason Priestley ends up working there. Mm. Nate, the person who owns it, is a former character actor. Um, and he is sort of like a uh, Italian. I think is the word you're looking for. <laughs> he's sort of an Italian. He's sort of like a like a moral figure slash parent, especially after uh, Brandon and Brenda's parents leave the show for Hong Kong. Oh, spoiler alert! I know. <laughs> um, what else do I got? This is from the Wikipedia. He loves the main cast and often comes to the rescue for the characters. He's also a little league baseball coach in a poor neighborhood. Oh, gosh. What a guy. Mm -hmm. Not Beverly Hills. He also escorted Donna Martin, who is Tori Spelling, down the aisle at her wedding. This guy is everywhere. Wow. That's, uh... (laughs) No! I... Oof. Dylan, who's becoming there for most of his life, Luke Perry, eventually becomes part owner, just like the Fonz. Whoa. Of the Peach Pit. Uh, Brenda has to fill in for Brandon at one time in an episode and she is like really bummed about it. So she decides she's going to make it fun for herself, which actually kind of made me like more fond of her by dressing up like a like 50s waitress that she calls Lavoine. And then she comes in and like does a bunch of karaoke (laughs) and like generally is weird about it. And like Nate keeps being like, Brenda, what are you doing? She's like, I'm Lavoine. And he like loves it and eats it up. And he names a a milkshake after her called Laverne's Shake, Rattle and Roll, which is cappuccino flavored. And later on, he he was there for the birth of her child, right? He he was the doctor. He he helps. Yeah. He actually actually inseminated her when it was found out that Brendan, her brother, could not. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird show. <laughs> it's a weird show. I have never seen an episode of the show until we watched it for this, and oh my god, it, it is a was weird show. Bonkers Town. So we watched uh, the Pit and the Pendulum episode, which basically centers around, which is like a kind of a clever name, yeah, but also like, come yeah. on, these are talented people. Um, <laughs> 
it, these are people. It really drove home to me that the entire point of teenage <clears throat> media is to be like, you are an adult. And adults are going to treat you like adults. It's like a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. That an adult would care what you think. In this episode, basically, the Peach Pit is under is in peril because a big, they want to build a big shopping center with a lake in the middle. They mm. say that like six times over the course of the episode. <laughs> are there paddling pools? Are, paddling? Is there fishing? Is there yeah. swa- are there swan Swans? boats? Yeah. Admittedly, I would go to a mall that had... Swan boats. Hmm. I would go to a mall that I mean, if it didn't have a pond, though. <laughs> but the way they said it was like, and it must be just because they're in LA. They're like, ooh, a lake, how exotic. I mean, there is, a, there is an ocean. <laughs> we're in the LA. Midwest. We're like, oh, yeah, lake. whatever. Yeah, whatever. We're in the Great Lakes Midwest. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You can't, um, you can't tell me shit about a lake. <laughs> but uh, but Jason Priestley basically busts into his dad's board meeting because he's on the shadowy board of figures that wants to build this thing and is like, not all teens want this mall! And it's a big deal. Yeah. The, the deal basically falls through, we assume, because of that. Yeah, yeah I guess... It, it, no one has cared about teenagers this much ever. Nope. Also... No one who is college age has wanted to have sex with teenagers. Well, that's probably well, not true. It's Jason but, Priestley. Yeah. I do love... So one of the key points... Again, I know we're fixing too much on the episode itself than, rather than the Peach Pit, but like one of the key episodes is that the the uh, one of Brandon's father's partners has a daughter who is spearheading this whole initiative. And is in college. And is in college. And wants to clearly get it on with Brandon, who's a teenager. And she must be like 20... To, who even knows? These people are like 35. Mm, so no, she's like 19. Yeah. 1920. Uh, 1920. And, you know, so there's this dynamic of, uh, you know, romance sparks between the two. But at one point... Brandon's dad even is like, if those two get married, they'll take over the world. Or, to his wife. Or like, we'll never have to pay for anything again. <laughs> and then they laugh with capitalistically. <laughs> yeah. My favorite line from the entire episode, though, was that uh, the sort of female cast members... Uh, uh, a collection of them notice this budding chemistry and one of them i forget who looks at her and says uh, she's a college girl her clock's ticking as if to imply that like <laughs> this 21 year old is like running 21 year old at best yeah. my favorite thing is that they wanted you to know that these kids party but they were probably not actually allowed to show you that these kids yeah. party so they go to a college party and they're like where's the keg man and they're like, well, actually, we got busted, but we have a cappuccino bar. But ah! there's also a lunatic man who's shouting at these children. Like, blah, blah, blah. like that's not an inaccurate impersonation. No, that fellow. pretty much nails it. Yeah. Um, but the Peach Pit itself is just sort of like, it's sort of halfway between Happy Day. It's sort of halfway between Arnold's and the Max. It's... Like, more extreme than a real 50s diner would be, but, like, less extreme than the max. Yes. Closer to Earth. Yeah. But the whole point is that, like, Hollywood was born here. Oh, yeah. When, um, would you, and I know what you're all wondering. What do they serve there? Ridiculous milkshakes. For instance, apparently, uh, Donna likes popcorn on top of her milkshakes. Gross. And she, oh, yeah, God. what the hell? And she knows this because they serve her a milkshake that has popcorn on it. Um, in the Color Me Bad episode, she's drinking something. Pause. What? <laughs> you don't know about the... I have no idea. This is the only episode I've seen of this entire show. There's a Color Me Bad episode? There's a Color Me Bad episode. So basically all the kids are just like hanging at the pit. Peach pit. Yeah. And 
color me bad like comes in and one of them knows that he's coming and like introduces the like introduces them around yeah and uh donna is drinking something that is the color of listerine <laughs> and appears to be topped with gummy worms gross yeah gross and a maraschino cherry oh, wow. um well, and tradition <laughs> then color me bad's like we came here for a mega burger and they're like well you gotta sing for their supper and so they do <laughs> I'm surprised. Oh, I'm man. not. I'm not like the biggest fan of this show, but I I have seen the Color Me Bad episode of this show. I, well, I know I'm what I'm go doing. Go back tonight. and start watching them all <laughs> from the beginning. It was kind of fun. It's uh, it's definitely of a, a time period. So I know what you're wondering. I mean, obviously they have coffee because it's a diner, but what does a mega burger consist of? Well, the internet has found that out for us. A mega burner burger is two toasted buns with two beef patties between American and Swiss cheese. The Swiss cheese was Marilyn Monroe's idea because Hollywood. Ooh. Also, I promise you that Marilyn Monroe never had an idea of what to put on a burger ever in her life. <laughs> and probably never ate cheese. Yeah. Or, or beef, probably. Yeah. Unless it was like raw or, and stuffed in a baked potato so because that's what they thought was healthy. Or food. Or food. <laughs> um, tomatoes. Leaf lettuce, hand-pulled leaf lettuce. A hand removed this leaf. And Bermuda onions, which to this Texas girl is like a fancy Vidalia onion. Hmm. Yeah. It's this fancy sweet onion. Yeah. Bermuda onions. Wow. Ooh la la. This is another... And how much was it? $24. Yeah. $11 million. Five cents. <laughs> Because once is the past. So I did this as a Kodachrome sweet home. Because I don't think that this ever existed. Even though there is an actual place that exists that's like this. It's not this. It's not this. No, no owner of a restaurant has ever cared about teenagers this much. (laughs) No owner of a restaurant has ever put popcorn on top of a milkshake. Not if they wanted to like be in business. (laughs) Oh, it's also important to know that the Peach Pit later spawns the Peach Pit After Dark, <laughs> which is a music venue. Oof. I had it as just peachy. Oh, I'm shocker. Kelly, that's... Listen, there were two peach puns in here. And you know what? I think, I think, I think you're right, but hear me out. So the Peach Pit is an actual 50s diner. From the 50s. From the 50s. That has been remodeled. To look like a 50s diner. I'm not sure that they imply that it's remodeled. They, except they that explici- nothing is... No, they explicitly say that. Oh, do you In know? the episode, yeah. Hmm. So it's been remodeled to look like a 50s diner, which raises a number of questions. Namely, you have a 50s diner. Why change it? The answer, to make it hyper real. So I said, cup of hyper reality i agree because i also feel like that is what this show is like watching yeah yeah it's like a hyper real version of a teenager's fantasy if the teenager just feels incredibly incredibly ignored by their parents (laughs) also like the the theme of the sort of theme of 50s stuff runs through the show at least this episode of the show so much so that when they go to this college party they're playing like 50s-esque rock and roll well there was a resurgence of... I mean, the 80s loved the 50s. Yeah. I mean, this is the 90s, but... Well, the 90s also loved the 50s. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this is 1990, so it's not yeah. far off. I feel like also LA just kind of has, like, a fascination with the 50s. Well, so much of these... Because Golden Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood. Yeah. Like, you know, googie architecture. 
Yeah. 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 I think I like my category, but I think Kelly gets this one. I think, Just peachy? Yeah. I mean, come on. It's it's a little is, on the nose. I agree to for the pip because it is peachy on the inside. But yeah. I think you get this category. I think you do too. Oh, guys. Because I think it gets at the heart of what this show is. Just peachy implies to me that this show has like moral fiber and it does not. <laughs> unless it unless does. unless statutory rape is a part of your moral code. Oh As God. opposed to a different world. Which does have a moral fiber. True. Yeah. True moral like, fiber. I'll say it again. I'll take their pit any day. Yeah. Even if it's not wrapped in a peach. It's a show that you should watch. Oh, guys. This is... If not for this show, we would not be doing this topic at all. This is the most coffee-centric show and coffee-centric place on this entire list. And it's the Double R Diner from Twin Peaks. Dun, dun, dun. A rare moment where Andrew sings. Andrew's singing. <gasps> well, I don't call it singing. I'm just sort of making mouth noises. Do you know this because I purchased the Twin Peaks soundtrack along with a Coolio CD at a half price books once and it's in our car? <laughs> I <laughs> didn't know those things were both in our car, but you know what? Thank you. I'm going to go drive around for a bit. Coolio! He has a good cookbook, too. Coolio or David Lynch? Coolio. Probably both. I mean, David Lynch probably knows it. David right? Lynch was willing to tell you about the weather. Oh, yeah. That was a weird thing from, yeah. like, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, David Lynch would just had a web series where he would just every day come on and report the weather oh. in his, like, immediate in his area. area. Yeah. Sure. 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 Um, so the show, The Double R Diner, is owned and managed by Norma Jennings. And Shelley Johnson is a waitress there. And it is a favorite of Dale Cooper, the... Um, central it, character. The central character of Twin Peaks. The central living character, we should say. Oh, hmm. that's so true. Yeah. Laura Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. Do, I have so much to say about this because there's so much... Like, if you type in Double R Diner, it's like, A MILLION THOUGHT PIECES ABOUT COFFEE! Like, pop up. A mil- so I have... I read a bunch of them and I think that they are all really good and I pulled a bunch of cool stuff from it. Well, you know what? Take the stage. Right. So... Basically nothing else on this list. We were like lucky to find like I, I felt like it was a real win knowing what a mega burger was from the peach pit. But like there are so many articles written about what the food of Twin Peaks means. Um, and basically what people kind of decide is that so there are three main food items in Twin Peaks. You know, there are a lot of them, but these are the big guys. Donuts, which they believe represent the cops. There are always a plethora of them for kind of no reason. And they're, like, cheery and kind of, like, goofy characters. Cherry pie, which represents Laura Palmer. She's sweet, but also, like, tempting and a little bit creepy (laughs) in her virginal exterior. Quasi-virginal. Right. And coffee, which represents Dale Cooper himself. Hmm. Because he is, like, America the way it used to be. He's an anachronist. Like, uh, figure and coffee at this time was so this came out in the 90s and coffee was basically getting there were kind of two things in play there um the price of coffee had like skyrocketed versus the demand for coffee because soda was walloping them basically hmm. so like sure everyone remembers like the best part of waking up and hug mugga and like those those ad campaigns came out this time but that was like basically being like coffee that you can afford because coffee had suddenly gotten expensive and we didn't have kind of like this coffee culture of like 
designer beans yet. Starbucks wasn't a thing. Right, exactly. So coffee wasn't really glamorous or in vogue at this time. So Dale Cooper constantly being this like coffee loving person. And in fact, he even drinks it black. So like the plainest way one could consume coffee is... uh, Black as midnight on a starless night, I believe. On a moonless night. Moonless night. Sorry. Oof. Yep. Um, Plays perfectly into his like kind of vestige as a throwback character. Which is kind of cool. It is really cool. Yeah. So this is probably, this is the place that I would most want to get coffee if these places were all real. I mean, I've heard it's... It's a damn fine cup of coffee. Damn fine cup of coffee. Damn fine cup of coffee. What do you guys have as categories? Um, so I think that this, like the double R diner is the ultimate of a like dream, dreamy state that like it has like an undercurrent of nightmare. Hmm. So I called it naked on a pug farm. (laughs) (laughs) So is that a nightmare you had? Well, a pug farm is like a dream, like to lay down and just have like baby pugs just like crawl all over you. Sounds great. But, like, you're at school and you're naked, except you're naked at this pug farm. Also, pugs have little regard for genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it's a, it's a, it's like a dreamy state, but it's like, has like an element of nightmare, and you are the nightmare. <laughs> you are the nightmare that knocks. Yep. Nude to a field of pugs. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Nude in a sea of pugs. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I can't this up no. um i called this uh giving your mom a preface so it's somewhere that you'd love to take your mom it's really good oh. but it would be really creepy to take you to be like listen i know it looks weird i know it looks rough on the outside but the food's really good that's a good category <laughs> that's though. a really good category yeah. really good that's yeah, a good category okay. i mean like, i think i do think mary wins yes that's a fantastic category kelly mine is less exciting um because in many respects while i appreciate that the double r is like an iconic concept with great pie and damn fine coffee i think the place itself serves as a sort of way to let the characters express their personalities so i said blank napkin okay mary wins mary that wins means. kelly firm second <laughs> me last place i have comfortably a little, last I have place. third place all right rounding out uh, it's the actually 90s. Not. It's actually not. That's why I was checking. I was like, oh, no, we got friends, don't we? We actually have a uh, lot of 90s. I Never actually, mind. Everything. Is diving, everything. Fully, diving fully into 90s coffee culture, on the flip side of Greasy Spoon Diners, we have Kathy Nervosa from Frasier. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Not a big salad. Not a big salad. <laughs> but would be good with coffee if it was scrambled eggs. <laughs> Salad. <laughs> yeah, salad and cock, salad and coffee, classic. Yeah. Salad, coffee, salad and eggs. And scrambled eggs on top of the salad. Egg, salad, and coffee. <laughs> scrambled egg salad. Blech. Let's make it happen. Gross. Guys, I. This is my. Mo- this is the show that I am, like, steeped in the most. Yeah. As as both of you know, I love the show Frasier. It's a show about an overeducated guy who talks too much and has a charming retired cop for a father, which is literally my life. Yeah. Um, Does your dad have a dog? No, but he's damn charming. Are you charming. planning on running as a Republican for some public office? You know what? You shut your mouth. I'll never do that. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer is a fire monster. Fraser is an angel. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Death that, of the actor. Yeah. Hmm? Death of the actor. That's right. <laughs> I, thought you said, I thought you were like, that's 
the actor, and I'm like, I think our public knows who Kelsey Graham is. Yeah, everyone, everyone who's listened to the show has seen every episode of Frasier. Right? Twice. Death of the Artist. That's what I'm going for. Sorry. But I love Death of the Actor. <laughs> death, of the, death, of the, death to the Actor. <laughs> death, death to the Actor! <laughs> Camille Grammer would agree. Hey. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the show, Frasier. It's so good. But here's the thing. Cafe Nervosa is not that interesting. Oh, I disagree. I, here's the thing, though. Because so it's it's... It's fine, but this is the 90s in Seattle, and as a coffee shop, everyone's wearing boring khaki pants uniforms, and I think all the characters go to it because it is across the street from KACL. Yeah. It's just like a it's just a convenient place. It's not like, nothing about the place itself has a, a personality that would draw you to it beyond convenience. I disagree with that, but I also think that that's like part of its thing. Like, mm. the coffee shops that you go to regularly, you're not like, it's not like destination. It's like around the corner from your office. Yeah. Mm. Or close to your house. Or on the way home from work. Like, yeah. Yeah. Those are the places that that's actually what you do. That's that's how they work. I do think that there is a magic in Cafe Nervosa. So, the interior is kind of just sort of generic um lots of green lots of wood and but i think that lots of 90s starbucks Oof, yeah yes yes well and it's seattle that's what it is. yeah yeah pike place yeah 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 so um yeah. but it's everyone was saying yeah so i wanted to get in on but that, it's so. <laughs> but it's get up to our level literally yeah. but i think the the relationship it plays to the characters is that it's common grounds so it welcomes Everybody, oh god! I, I laugh only because that was the name of a coffee shop in my hometown that Mary is very familiar with too. Yeah, that we both went to, but we never went there with each other. Anyway, hey. um, it welcomes like kind of the like the, the whole show is about spectrums, and it welcomes everybody in that spectrum, and makes them comfortable. So it kind of has the elitism that welcomes Fraser and Niles with their cappuccinos with foam specifications and biscotti. But it also is like warm and comforting. So it welcomes Martin and Roz who want black coffee and a blueberry muffin. Yeah. It takes them both. And that's kind of nice. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's inescapably familiar Mm. to everybody. I suppose. Everyone's been to a coffee shop like Cafe Nervosa. Yeah. 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 So I called it a public domain vu. Yep. That's fair. I uh, I went blank napkin because again, it is a, a thing from which the characters, a thing to which the characters can apply their personalities, but itself didn't seem like much to me. But Mary, you really, you made a solid point there. Thank you. I did a twist on one of my common categories, and mm. I called it the worst seats in the house because there is oh. no comfortable chairs, and they sw- constantly switch. Yes, and, and, and also, they constantly switch. They have they have like a couple places that they are usually, but that's like just in like the front of the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they like move around all the time. Yeah, and the cha- I just they they all looked like hardwood chairs. I was like, I wouldn't appreciate sitting there for a long period. Yeah, of they time. don't have a they don't have a chair that has a single arm on it. Nope, not an arm to be found. Mm. And the bench is always uncomfortable because they just like cram them in there when they have like a three a three person situation. Yeah. So they cram two people on that bench and then one there. Yeah. Mary. Mary gets it. I think you get this one. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I like your category too, Kat. Thank you. I don't really think I understand blank napkin. I, I do, but yeah. I always imagine it's about like dirty mouths and I'm like, Niles would never do that. <laughs> Niles well, has a handkerchief he carries which himself. Which is blank, except surely has his insignia or his initials yeah. on it yeah. sewn yeah, into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has a watermark on it. 
That's not what you want on a... <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> on a dicky in uh, from Supermarket Sweep, yes. Yep. That one definitely Some has fancy it. paper. Hmm. Okay. Um, Central Park from Friends is up next. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> one of us had to do it. Oh, um, I hate the show Friends so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. No I'm one sorry, told America. me life was going to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, this is the most joy I've gotten from the show Friends is just you clapping. <laughs> There's an episode of Smart Guy where they make fun of that, and I love it so much. Uh, There's a great episode of Graham Norton where Jennifer Aniston is on it, and Graham Norton gives the cue, so no one told you life was going to be this way, and the entire audience claps at <laughs> Oh my god! That the shit out of Jennifer Aniston. It's have, so great. Does she have the good graces to feel like grateful? Yes. And okay, she, good. she like finds it funny. Of course she yeah. is. Of course she I, I actually think she's very charming. Yes. So Central Perk, I've always assumed I overlooked Central Park. Yeah. It doesn't. I guess. It no. doesn't. It's in Greenwich Village. What? It's not anywhere near. It's near their apartments. Like the two main part apartments. Okay. What's funny Where the is. hell did Ross live? He lived across the way. Don't you remember they could see his apartment? Oh, that's right. He lives, doesn't he live below Ugly Naked Guy? Yeah. But where does uh, Phoebe live is their question. Uh, Phoebe is just like the biggest enigma in the whole show. And also, if I had to choose one, my favorite character. I'm so sorry. I just, again, having never really loved the show, having always hated the show, I assumed all the men lived together and all the women lived together. No, they switch it up too. Oh my God. Rachel and Joey lived together for a while. And fall in love. That's a weird time. Um... Yeah, so it's, it does not overlook Central Park, which I thought was weird. Because <laughs> it overlooks a park. Yeah. Yeah. Not but Central Park. Not Central Park. This one was a bit of a rabbit hole for me. Because, again, I, again I, having never cared about the show Friends. Oh, I, man, and you could go down a rabbit oh hole. With this God. is this is almost as bad as Seinfeld. I think Seinfeld is worse. But, like, when I when I Googled Central Park, it was like, want to go to the real Central Park? Park, park, park. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to so, go to the one in China? Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's so, so first off, there is definitely a coffee shop in St. Cloud, Minnesota called central perk with orange couches oh all of them are orange so yeah is every seating every the, seat is seating? the best i think they the have an or I, I again i've never been there i just saw the website i think the implication was that there was an orange couch replicating the one from the show friends uh, apparently warner brothers has the trademark i'm gonna quote here for a uh, tra- has tr- secured the trademark for use as a coffee shop and cafe service semicolon coffee bars semicolon tea bars semicolon snack bars legal terminology implying to many people that they're trying to open an actual central perk in new york city and uh, after the 20th anniversary there was actually a pop-up pop-ups. Central perk. why would you want this place to be real it's not that exciting it's just crowded and shitty and the people the cast of friends are there so why would you enjoy this it looks like if a prissy barnes and noble replaced all their books with nondescript boxes of fancy food yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> that's what it looks like. Yeah, it, it it has a very like, and truthfully, even if they just like kind of shielded the Starbucks a little bit more in the store. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like they didn't even have to do that much. Yeah. No, it's gross. I do not care for it. Um, I spent a lot of time looking at the bar area. Oh, yeah. And I had this thought about the, exp- the espresso machine. It looks like a reticulated python at most zoos, it's massive and pervasive in its habitat, but somehow you're still only seeing part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like, it's like, it looks like it's like built into the wall. Yeah. And that like, if you walked around the side, you'd see the rest of its coils. <laughs> like, it's huge. It's it's huge and it's only partially visible ever. Um, There's another great article, which I actually couldn't find to read this, but I remember reading it, where they compared this with like Hangouts pre the 90s in television. Yeah. And they talk about how this is like, the pivot point. And you could say this about Frasier too, although yeah. I think that Frasier has like more down to earth people. Like you see like construction workers getting coffee and stuff like that. But, and like Martin certainly is like a regular Joe, but this is RIP. RIP. <laughs> but this is like the turning point where TV stops being about like normal people and starts being about rich people hmm. because like yeah. the friends just like sit around all day and, like, Rachel does work there, but the entire time it's just like, how hilarious Works. is yeah. it that she works here? And she's real bad at her job, but no one gives a shit. It's just so clear that the friends are above working at such a place. And that's, like, really clear the entire time yep. they're hanging at that. They are meant to lounge in the best seats and be served. And that's dark. <laughs> and that's why I called it Sex in the City 2, colon, horrible white people. This is the atypical, the reason for the season, best seats in the house. Yes. Mm. Yes. I said, because this is clearly like an amalgamation of sort of signifiers of what a coffee shop and then it should be, cup of hyper reality. Yeah. Mm. But I think Kelly. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Although, can we put the colon horrible white people after that? Sure can. I think we can. I already have a colon for some reason. Can we do a full mashup? Because I'm so offended by their elitism that I want to make this like a very communist category and take from each according to their own means and do best seats in the house colon hyper horrible white people. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we can. This is the first. And so I'd be done. It's the first triple category. And you know, try away. And you know why? And you know why? Because we don't want to be friends like these friends. No. Yeah. Burn. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be the same if Kelly didn't have to fully lean back every time she does it. I want the microphone to catch it. You're leaning into it, but you're leaning out of it to make it work the best. I'm like, I know that there's a back on your chair. Otherwise, I'd be like, is Kelly about to go into a back bend? (laughs) Oh. And then I do, I have fully been throwing myself backwards too. <laughs> Guys, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something shocking and true. Yeah. yeah. In every generation, there is a chosen one. <laughs> she alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, the forces of darkness, and attend a place that is simultaneously a club, a sleazy <laughs> lounge, and a coffee house. <laughs> She is the slayer. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot place where at least once human sacrifice happens, I'm pretty sure. Many times. Many, many, times. many, 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 many times. times. A lot of people die. Yeah. This we were discussing, of course, the bronze in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where they serve coffee drinks. Well, I, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They do. They do. Because, because they won't serve booze to their underage patrons. This, I, they do 100%. Strong moral perspective. This, of, I, I'm going to call it an event space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is every, I mean, they have, they hold prom there one time, yep. right? Or they hold a, maybe homecoming. They hold a mm-hmm. dance there. Because I think prom is in the gym. Yeah. When she's the protector and they give her that stupid umbrella. But I think the f- first episode, she's going to some dance. 
at the it, bronze. And it was at the bronze. I, yeah. I oh, do that's not right, because Cordelia's like, it's at the bronze. Yeah. It's on the bad side of town, which is two blocks from the good side of town. Yeah. This event space is every teenager's dream. <laughs> like, nope. Yeah, it's in a bad t- part of town, but it's two blocks from the good part of town. You could run and make it to the good part of they town. They make coffee <laughs> drinks and people study there. <laughs> but also you can slip in dark corners to make out with your much older boyfriend and corpses are found in the bathroom <laughs> regularly. No even semi-aware mother would let your kid go to no. the bronze. People die at the bronze frequently. Regularly. Yeah. And they just like go, that's fine. It's fine. Go to the bronze, mom. Go to the bronze. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, go for sure. it. Have fun. Then again, Buffy's mom did wash clothes, out, like blood out of her clothes consistently yeah and it was just talking i was just like she's like my daughter likes to fight (laughs) get in fights she got a real bad period (laughs) on her shirt all all over the real bad (laughs) all over the place that's how you know you're a man is because you think that period blood can't get on shirts (laughs) so i remember i travels (laughs) i've also like i might have seen buffy more times than i've seen fraser that might be true because i've been watching it longer for more of my life um, because I love Buffy, and I still love Buffy, but Buffy is weird now. Buffy is like, Buffy is a little rough to watch now. It's a little rough. It's, it's of its time. And, and not in a charming way. Yeah. But I still can recognize when I watch it, I'm like, I would have loved to go to the Browns as a teenager. Yeah. This would be a nightmare to go to as an adult, because it would just be full of teenagers trying to like grind up on you. Yep. And you would have to, like, actively card people at the bronze to, like, talk to them and hang out. You'd be like, are you in high school? Are you in high school? Are you in high school? Like, you would have to ask those questions. Also, you'd have to be like, because there were are, college you gonna kids that there's, are you going to eat yeah. me? Are you going to possess me? Am I safe? Are you going to open the hell mouth? Like, remember, there is a UC Sunnydale. So oh <laughs> there are college what? students there, too. Sunnydale really was like, America Town, USA. <laughs> There's a mall. There's yep. university. Yep. It's as big as you need it to be. There's a ton of cemeteries. <laughs> so many cemeteries. Lots of people die. Mm-hmm. Hellmouth. There's they a have, hell mouth. They have the most beautiful high school library that's ever existed. It's true. And the nobody goes that there. Nobody ever goes to. Yeah. Nope. Nope. At least they have like, they have the They have dignity. a very specific library. Yeah. At least they have the dignity to lampshade <laughs> that a little students. bit. Yeah. Well, later on, there's like a kid that shows up and they're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, it's finals. <laughs> like, I'm here to study. <laughs> anyway, so I lampshaded, but it's mm. still ridiculous. Uh, so I called this naked on a pug farm. Like, it's just, you <laughs> it's don't, it's, it's a dream, but it's a nightmare. Yep. You're, mm, it's not a good place to be, even though it should be. I, I, I went with the don't judge a menu by its cover. But in a kind of a weird way, not necessarily in a strong way, but sort of the, um, yeah, you know, this is a place you go to hang out if you're a teenager, but like, it's a dark, terrifying place. You know, you can tell your mom about it, but you might die. So. Yeah. And then your mom's going to be like, yeah, it's yeah, totally fine. Right. The Browns, I've never been there. Yeah. Joyce was fully into Buffy going to the Browns their first night there. Yeah. She was like, you're making friends. Yeah. Friends, you might not fight. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She kicks every one of those people in their stomach at least once. Yeah. Over the course of the series, series, yep. (laughs) Especially Willow. Mostly Willow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're right. Yes. (laughs) Many times. Many times. Xander loses his eyeball. Not because of Buffy, but... Well, kind of because... He didn't have to be friends with Buffy. If he he wasn't friends with Buffy, he'd still have his eyeballs. He didn't have to, like, aggressively complain about being put in the friend zone by Buffy. Yeah. 
Which, if he had those languages, he would have used it. Oh. oh. I really need a platform to, to discuss, and it's not going to be this one, but to discuss the recent things that have come to light about Joss Whedon and Buffy and oh. how that played into Buffy's sexual politics. Yeah. Maybe you could talk about it on a poly podcast. Poly podcast. Poly podcast. The polyamory. <laughs> we just talk about famous and and, and relevant polys. <laughs> on the <laughs> poly podcast. Bras. I can talk about space bras. You're right. Uh, I called it a Ponderosa Steakhouse. Mm. You can get a little bit of everything at the bronze. That is you true. You could get coffee. You could get a nice glass of red wine. You, can you get could death. get some death. You could get some blood. You get shots of whiskey. Sure. You can Faith get does there. shots of whiskey at that bar. You can play pool. You can watch a shell oh branch. Oh my god! Did it have red pool tables? I think so. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> there are multiple levels of it. Where there was like a level where you where Angel could creepily stare from up above, or Spike, or whoever. Any, it was Angel. any man. Yeah. Any man. It was never Angel. a lady up there. Yeah. Nope. Sometimes it was it was uh, <clears throat> Buffy watching her friends have fun while she felt morose. Yeah. There was a couple moments like that. Yeah. Which is a creep in its own way. So what are we going to... Ponderosa Steakhouse, Naked on a Pug Farm, and what? Oh, um... Don't judge him any by its cover. Well, Andrew obviously does not feel strongly about this. No, I, I, I can see. <laughs> it's, it's also, the bronze is exactly what I expected to be. Yeah. I mean, it's a surprising thing, but when you look at it, you're like, yeah. 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 If you're watching the dingoes eat my ate my baby and then Amy Man, you're like this place is not does not hold to regular rules. <laughs> Everything's out the window. <laughs> Man, the dingo ate my baby is like the wrecking crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, would you like to expand on that? <laughs> so the wrecking crew is a band of studio musicians you have heard them play period end of story they have played for everyone and everything i was happy to see that their documentary is back up on netflix oh great um and so they basically go if you've heard you've got me you uh i've got anything from 1961 to 1973 you've heard them yeah i've got you babe i've got you babe they did that and they're basically all masters of their instruments and they're just like we're going to get paid a shit ton of money to play our instruments really well in the studio. And the Dingo Ate My Baby basically does that at the Browns. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> for no reason. No reason. You're like, Oz and Dylan should not be this talented. Stop. Nope. Stop. 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 Nope. Stop. Nope. <laughs> I like to imagine a world where Oz and Dylan are just studio musicians somewhere. Like, just making an honest buck. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> and then there's lots of, like, full moon jokes. Yeah. And lots of winking. <laughs> uh, Andrew, what are we going to do? Ooh, oh. Werewolves and London. Can we just have this topic be the Dick of St. My Baby or the Wrecking Crew? <laughs> I'm okay with that. Mm. I don't think we can. No. Uh, it's not about the brands. I want it to be, though. That's yeah. what it is in spirit. Oh, Sorry, remind me again. What are your categories? Naked on a Pug Farm. Ponderosa Steakhouse. I'm going to have to go naked on Pug Farm. What I if, think. can I, Ponderosa Steakhouse, they, um, their, like, marketing strategy is uh, evergreen trees. Does that help at all? <laughs> <laughs> can you what? turn those into spikes you'd use to kill vampires? I mean, sure. They're steaks. Mm. They're, they're not they're wood. spikes you po- turn. Guys, guys, Ponderosa Steakhouse. Oh, no. 
no. Oh my god. I've seen the light. Kelly wins. You get it. 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 Thank you. Get it. Oh my god. All right. La 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 la. Daria. So Daria mostly is known for eating at that pizza place. Yes. With Jane. But there is an episode where they have a coffee house and it's called Cafe Disaffecto. And the coffee house in question is called alt.lawndale.com. Discuss. <laughs> so many. Th- this is a great rabbit hole. First off, because so I went to Google. Of so- all, I would like to say of all of the coffee shops on this list and, and places one where one could get coffee, ven- coffee venues. This is the one that we all talked about before we recorded. Yeah. Like, this is the one we were the most into getting into. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I would like to say, this is an internet cafe, too. So. Okay. Well, it's an internet cafe that becomes a coffee house. But yes. yes. By the way. A, a student run or student school sponsor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you, would you like me to give you some background? Please. Okay. So the episode opens with there being um, a student cafe in Lawndale, and it's robbed. Someone throws a brick in the window and steals a computer. And uh, Mr. O'Neill... The more sensitive teacher at Lawndale High. Not the one with the eye. Not the one with the eye. The one with the like little like whoop in his hair. Um, exactly like Mr. Rutch, my fourth and fifth grade teacher. Aww. <laughs> was he like, was Mr. Rutch similar to Mr. Don't O'Neil? remember enough. <laughs> Mr. O'Neill wants to talk about that and like kind of like rap with the kids about like how their space was violated and like find a way for them to write probably a theme about it because he's their English teacher. And... Uh, Daria kind of like pokes holes in the teacher statement about them being cut off from their virtual community because she's like it's just a bunch of people sitting and not talking to each other at computers and Mr. O'Neill's like that's a great idea Daria we'll make it into a real old fashioned coffee house a place where we can have open discourse (sighs) This is, and then it went, na, 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 na. Yeah, and then, and then Daria made her eyes even more of lines just on her face, and then it cut to commercial. <laughs> I think I want to be Daria for Halloween now. I was Daria one year. It was fun. It's a good costume. But Supermarket Sweep's still up there. Mm. Couple's costume. There, there mm. are two. You can do one Friday, one Saturday. <laughs> Sex tablet costume. Only if Nick, six only people. if Nick no, wants it's... to be Jane. Yep. I would consider being Jane if you wanted to be Daria. FYI. FYI in your eye. Your six head world eye. (laughs) This was the only episode that didn't have a six head world. Oh, is it true? Mm -hmm. I didn't notice. I read that. Six head world. Hmm. I love Daria so much. Um, So what do we make? Of altlawndale.com. So I think we have to. Alt.lawndale.com. So many things. Okay, so I, for all of these, as a part of doing a little supplementary research, I would Google the name of the establishment to look for wiki pages or yep. articles or whatever. I, I put in alt.lawndale.com into my browser bar, just like I would in any other text, not even thinking that that would be, of course, an active URL. So I put into it, and what did it show up? Guys, guess what? It was a website. It redirected, rather. It, it redirected to a website for a nonprofit organization called Steam Tech Center. Steam being science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Um, and yeah, very confusing. So I dug a little further. Apparently, it used to go to the, and I'm quoting here, uh, third Daria website to ever open on the internet. Which is 
alt.longtail.com. Do you think it was a fan site? It was, because yeah. it still exists at a different domain. Man, they really messed up letting, yeah. that, down. letting that lapse. And somebody at that STEM, Steam. 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 Uh, Steam Foundation really likes Daria. Yeah. Like so much stream! so. Stream! Stream! That's reading is included. Uh, yeah, somebody. That, Thanks, that's LeVar a... Burton. Thanks, Thanks, LeVar. Thanks, buddy. Um, so, yeah, the fact that like somebody at that organization purchased that domain to redirect <laughs> explicitly to their domain tells it's you a lot. It's insane. It's to think crazy. About. Oh. So, what are we category wise for alt.lawndale.com? I have a very simple category. That is visionary. Visionary because, you know, obviously the, the perception of. An internet cafe is at the time it's supposed to be sort of technologically forward thinking, but actually the show's decision to mock internet cafes was quite forward thinking. It's true. It's, it's actually true. very true and very like clever. So I said, just visionary. What was the last? What was the last memory you had at an internet cafe? Never, never been to been one. To one. Yeah. Really? I've only been to one in a foreign country. I was in Italy, and I had to go to one to check what my SAT score was. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, geez, I called this a uh, parental cock block, but it's not parental. It's Mr. O'Neill. But you know, <laughs> the sentiments the same. Surrogate parental cock. Yeah, 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 yeah. He makes your genitals crawl back inside yourself, yeah. <laughs> just like your parents do. Like, <laughs> I don't. Ponderosa steakhouse. <laughs> ah! Yikes. Um. So. <laughs> so. Daria is not a lushly animated show. Correct. Especially, this is the first, this is the fourth episode, I think, ever. Let me look, yep. Yep. Especially not in the early seasons. It yes. never does really get lushly animated, but it, it's very stark. Um, so, alt.lawndale.com is a sparse joint. <laughs> so I have a one-off category for it. Because everything else is just like, full of things. Just like crammed chock-a-block with things. And this one is not. And this one is all the world's a pre-stage. It is a pre-stage home. Pre-stage home. There's nothing There's in nothing it. There's nothing in it. There's nothing in it to make it appealing. It's just tables and computers and chairs. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Andrew, what was your category? Uh, just visionary. Visionary. Anybody have thoughts? Well, I like my yeah. category. No, I mean, uh, because I think that it is the thing that separates it most strongly from everything else in this list is the fact that it doesn't have like, it doesn't look like a TGIO Chili's. It doesn't That's have fair. like stuff bolted mm -hmm. to the walls and like, it, this is the anti-max. <laughs> it's true. Like the walls and the floor are basically the same Conscientiously color. so. I think. Yes. Brilliantly so. Or they just have the money so. for it. I don't know. Visionarily so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's like a dirty sparseness. Yeah. That's what I would describe all of Dari's aesthetic is. True. Yes. It's like, it's dingy. Dirty. Yeah. Not even dirty. Dingy. dingy. Suburban dingy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is that how we all feel? No. <laughs> uh, la, 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 la. Mary gets it. Boom! In yeah. my opinion. Sure. Take it. E-my-o. Speaking of La La La's, the last one is <laughs> the Gilmore Girls, <laughs> Luke's Diner. <laughs> la 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 La. And anytime you read about the music of the Gilmore Girls, they're like, and one woman did all of that. I'm like, oh yeah, all yeah. the all the la -la -la's, la lines, all the interstitial lollings. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 
I'm not you surprised. Just used that once. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> well, they're kind of like two different brands of it, or like there's a collection, but it's all they're like it's all one woman. I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. I, oh, oh, yeah. Good for her. So, Luke's Diner is was formerly a hardware store. Luke's dad ran a hardware store in town, yep. and now it's Luke's, and he didn't like building things, so he decided he was going to fill it full of burgers, pancakes, and coffee. And now it's Luke's Diner. It, and they have big cups of coffee. This is, I would say, second only to Twin Peaks as the most coffee show yes. on this list. Like, if Twin Peaks did not exist, maybe this would catch this topic in mm. its firm Connecticut Alexis Bedell hands. didn't even like coffee. Oh my she God. had Coke in her coffee cup. Oh, God. Alexis. As if you couldn't be more of a disappointment as Rory. (laughs) (laughs) Who, what teenage girl, this is like the anti, the anti every other teenage show. What teenager wants to watch a show where the teenager is more boring than themselves? Mm. (laughs) Um, There's a certain level of validation in that though. But regardless, and for our purposes, I would like to argue that coffee is truly the third Gilmore girl Mm. (laughs) of this show. And so it's important for us to discuss. I would say that all food isn't important important to the Gilmore Girls. Yes, but, but coffee is the most this, important. This, the show opens with Lorelai begging Luke to give her coffee. Yeah, like coffee is the third Gilmore Girl, but like Cheetos are the Gilmore cousins. You know what I mean? I think, no, no. <laughs> Pop-Tarts. Okay. <laughs> the fourth Gilmore. Uh, I'm right. I'm right, aren't I? You're right, right. you're right. Gilmore cousin, please. All right, Luke's what I, Diner. What I do appreciate about Luke's Diner Yes. Is that they always sit at a different place. Mm. They do. Well, they always. have, I mean, like, it's small enough that there is repeats, but they yes. move around. They sit, sometimes they sit up at the, I keep thinking of the word balcony, but that's not it. <laughs> the bar. The bar. Thank you. <laughs> the balcony. <laughs> From which the Luke, word balcony is yeah. in my it's mind. Not, it's not a far-fetched thing in the world of Gilmore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's where Luke drops his soliloquies. <laughs> I mean, in the final, in the final episode of the most recent season, Lorelai has a wedding that's hat themed. That's magical hat themed, basically. <laughs> Have you seen it? No, but I was just having a conversation with Andrew earlier today about how I would like to have a wedding that required everybody to wear hats. Heads. I, heads, I said, Kelly. You I said heads. I meant hats. But, but you I said, said heads. heads. Well, maybe you would like a Sherman Palladino wedding. <laughs> or, as I suggested... Uh, a service in the honor of the elder gods. <laughs> that scene was ridiculous, though. Where they, like, go and it's, like, Lorelei on Wonderland and she's just, like, fingering hats and trees. That scene was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, they're... Basically, all of that show was ridiculous. <laughs> that was especially ridiculous, yeah. though. Especially since it was put together by Kirk, which is impossible. Kirk does everything. La, 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 la. <laughs> And just like getting some syncopation in there. Yeah, I was starting to turn to do a number with you here. The little, little La La improv. What um, what do we got for Luke Steiner? Uh, I said, as you might expect, where everyone knows my name, because again, it's named after the owner, yeah, the and it is him. essential to the owner's personality. Also, that is, I feel like if there's like a like a welcome to Stars Hollow on the border, like the border of town, it's, that's that's like, the only place to eat. That's no, yeah. no, that's the tagline of oh. the town where everybody knows your name <laughs> and all your business. I gave this the category of giving your mom a preface before you walk in. You need to be like, it's not a hardware store. The guy is real mean, but. 
the food is really good. <laughs> Do you remember in that scene also the whole point is that she begs Luke for coffee and then immediately someone tries to pick her up and then Roy for a friend and they're like, we're mother and daughter. Yes, and then they I get do. really weirded out. And then it's like, what charming people. I'm like, this is this is weird. This is weird. <laughs> I don't know about this. Who picks somebody? Also, they are there at like 6 a.m. Because <laughs> it's a school day. It's before school. Yeah. Mm. To be fair, a lot of the time, they don't really eat a meal while they're there. They just have coffee. Well, sometimes they do. But yeah. usually they have a meal after another meal. Because that's their whole deal. Because they're quirky. Um, they have fast metabolisms. Never see them exercising. <laughs> no. You see Lorelai lift some cans of beans once. <laughs> like old school Jane Fonda. Um, Richardson. This is another place where no one ever pays. I've yes. never seen anyone pay at Luke's. Maybe, or like, even so it's like in the most quaint way fashion where you like leave like a pile of dollar bills and change on the bar and then walk out without him like having to count it or anything. Like it's just you cut, like, like, this is a dollar 25. You ordered five entrees. <laughs> you had a Salisbury steak. <laughs> um, no one ever pays. And like people just seem to like drop in just to say hi. I do remember there was an episode where carolers came and they're like, we would like some hot cocoa. They're like, and he was like, how are you paying for this hot cocoa? They're like, with a song? He's like, no. <laughs> Which is insane because there's no way. Like if Lorelai was like, with a funny rhyme, he would have been like, 100%. <laughs> in fact, here's $5. Yeah. In, in fact, I would like to marry you. Grumble, grumble, grumble. One of my favorite things about that is that, oh man, who is uh, Scott what? Who's Luke's actor? Doesn't Scott Dane? Sure. That feels right. Um, and uh, The guy who plays Luke. Mm-hmm. The guy who plays Luke and uh, Lauren Graham. The woman who plays Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do not actually, like, get along in real life. They yeah. don't hate each other, but they're just kind of like, yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just like, yeah, I mean... I just love that... We're co-workers. I love that show because you know in any other world, they are banging behind Luke's. Well, I as mean, soon as possible. But he has, like, a bed upstairs. They wouldn't have to bang... Like, no. no, like, there's Lorelai no... Lorelai would want No that. one's ever held sexual tension for that long except for uh, Agent Fox Mulder. And Agent Dana Scully. Yeah. <laughs> They're the only other people in existence who have held sexual tension so long so much that Scully just becomes pregnant. <laughs> and nobody nobody knows who the father is. By the way, it's Fox. Like, we just we just don't even get to see it. There's no release. It just is. Just is. Just is. Um, so I call this a second living room. Yeah. That's what they treat this as. That's what the entire town treats it as. It's yeah. weird. It's a weird business model. I think you're right. I think it's yeah. a second living room. Cool. Give it to you. All right. We're on our very, very last one of the By episode. you mean that was the last that one? That was the last one. No, guys, we have one more. What are you nope. talking about? I'm teasing you. You, Bill. <laughs> uh, I'm teasing like, you. No. <laughs> I am teasing you. Oh, God, I'm unprepared. It's, it's Coffee McCofferson's <laughs> from um, the coffee show. Mary, the Java Bean. It's the Java. Oh, my God. It's the Java Bean. <laughs> ah, guys, we did it. We did yeah, it. We did it. Yay. It's, it's, the, it's, the cof- it's the Java Bean from the show Buttstick Franklin. <laughs> Mary, from the show... <laughs> Java City starring Butsting Franklin. Are you even a fan? God. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, I 
just want to say it was obviously Java Joint, not Java Java Joint. Java Joint. Ah, come on. It's the show Java Joint. (laughs) It's the place Java Joint. From the show show Bean City. From the show Bean City. From the show What's in Your Bean, starring (laughs) Butstick Franklin. It's called called what? Don't be mean. Flip your bean. (laughs) Feel it mean. Ponderosa Steakhouse. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Thanks as always. And remember, please, uh, if you like us, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, check us out in your uh, favorite podcasting service of choice, which I'm assuming you're listening to right now. And if you're in there, go ahead and rate and review us. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Um, thanks. thanks. Bye. 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 Outrageous, outrageous, outrageous mechanisms production. production.